0: What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. E3 is finally in the books. They are handing out the awards. It was, a uh, not gonna lie, an eh weekend, but I'll get into more details on it. Thank you once again for those who are listening. You can leave a review wherever you are listening, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Thank you to everyone listening. Thank you for all your support. It helps make the podcast work. It motivates me to keep doing these episodes. This one's coming to you on a Tuesday night instead of early Tuesday morning because Nintendo had their press conference today at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. In addition, there is a couple of other small studios still wrapping up like Banda and Namco showing their one freaking game, House of Ashes, which I'm I'm a fan of the Dark uh, Pictures Anthology, but you don't hold a press conference for that game alone. Like, come on, Bandai Namco. I thought we'd see some Elden Ring in that conference, but that was earlier in E3. So I did my prediction episode a week ago, and now I'm going to react to what we had. We had Microsoft. We had Bethesda kind of as a cross show because Microsoft recently acquired Bethesda. We have Ubisoft which had a couple of intriguing games, no Prince of Persia. So I don't know what's going on with that game. That game was supposed to come out Q1 this year. They didn't even talk about it. That's like, they don't even, that's a bad sign folks. (laughs) If you're not talking about a remaster of a game that was supposed to come out in Q1, that's bad. That means it's a, it's got a troubled development cycle as they would say. I'm going to go over my initial thoughts on E3. What I think of it, winners, losers, you know, but overall, I would say the winners of E3 was 2022. <laughs> there are so many games announced that are coming out for 2022. And I'll get into the list of them in a second, but this is just like a top view of everything to give you guys a quick summation of it, uh, E3. Uh, so and it, it's kind of to be expected for two reasons. Number one, this is a launch period for a game. Usually the first year of new console light, uh, launch cycles suck. Think back to when the PS4 and Xbox One launched. There wasn't really any great games. I think South Park Stick of Truth was good. Dragon Age Inquisition was good. But those were all available on PS3 as well. Dark Souls 2 came out that year. That was a PS3 360 game. Um, Shadow of Mordor, I think one game of the year. At GameSpot that year. That was uh, both systems. The only one I think that was exclusive was Sunset Overdrive, which is my game of the year that year, way back when. That was an Xbox One exclusive, but Titanfall was okay. But it was an overall meh launch cycle year. Like it happens all the time. You combine that with the pandemic of COVID, you're not going to get many games this year. And that's what happened. We still have some titles coming out this year, but no really. Besides, like Microsoft kind of carried the load a little bit here, but. I'm kind of worried, folks. Sony is going to have their own. They were uh, noticeably absent at this year's E3. I believe they are holding their own event in July, and that will get its own predictions and stuff. But this E3 felt lacking. Like, I don't know. It just didn't have the same pizzazz. I don't know if it's because they didn't have people, if they didn't have Sony, if they didn't have, like, it just didn't feel as many big-name announcements. This might be the dwindling of E3, folks. This might be E3 was kind of already huffing along, and... I think this might be with major studios pulling out PlayStation, pulling out. Like I think studios are going to go more to just doing their own thing in directs. And that's a shame because I like E3 personally. I like having a year of announcements. I like being able to go visit my cousin out in California and go to the events and meet people and interact with like YouTubers, like angry Joe and meeting people, like kind of funny crew and meeting uh, Andrew Renee and the what's good games podcast, like, or what's good game show. I mean, like, I like that experience. It was a great experience. One of my favorite trips of all time. And it's sad that I don't know if we're going to get another E3 like that. So I'm hoping. But anyway, we're going to get back into E3 2021. I think overall, the winner of E3... Well, as I was saying, 2022 is shaping up to be great. 2021 is kind of reminding of a n- typical launch cycle. I'll get into because we're about halfway through the year with my current game of the year is, but that's going to be a future episode because I have some games playing. I'm playing Ratchet and Clank Rift in Time right now. I'm playing through... There's another title I'm completely missing about. There's a couple of other games as well, but Ratchet and Clank's the big one right now of the new titles that I'm really barreling through. Um, but... Anyway, so 2022 is a big winner. I think Microsoft Bethesda hit it out of the park. I know some people want to classify me as a quote unquote Sony fanboy, but I got to give props to Microsoft, man. They they knocked it out of the park. Their weakness in the la- at the end of last gen was they didn't have enough exclusives, so they began acquiring all these studios. And I think it was at E3 or two years ago they announced it, and everyone's like, ah, oh, they still don't have anything. It's like, well, they still they need to begin these development cycles. Now we're starting to see these games come to fruition. Microsoft Bethesda, just a quick recap. They had titles like Outer Worlds 2, uh, which I predicted correctly, by the way. Psychonauts 2 with finally got a release date of August 25th. Forza Horizon 5, which I predicted correctly, coming out November of this year. Halo Infinite getting a holiday release. No specific release date, so I was wrong about that, but right about it coming out this year. Starfield was an Xbox exclusive. There's no gameplay, which kind of leaves me "Eh, like how far away is this game? But they said everything they were showing in the cinematic trailer was in engine. So that's exciting. Redfall coming in summer 2022. That is an Xbox exclusive from Arcane Studios. And then Plague's Tale 2 is well coming out. Uh, I don't remember if that release date for that one, but. Game Pass is the other winner of E3, folks. I said Microsoft and Bethesda, but Game Pass owners. It continues to remind us that it's the best deal in gaming and that PlayStation now has a ways to go to catch up to this. This very well may be the Netflix of the gaming industry. Like, it's absolutely absurd that almost every title I've announced or talked about is going to be day one Game Pass. That is absurd. That is a great deal. Halo, Psychonauts. Outer Worlds. Like those are all games that I'm like, yep, I'd play right away. Microsoft has a lot of these games, a lot of them are exclusives. And like I said, the key they're showing off their muscles here with Bethesda. There. Starfield's a big gain. And even games like Elder Scrolls 6, which I believe will eventually be announced, and that will come to all platforms. Microsoft's going to get a chunk of that change to those selling on PlayStation and the Switch because Microsoft owns Bethesda now. So Microsoft's gearing themselves to be in a great position. Their weakness being they didn't have the launch games and exclusives of Sony. They're trying to remedy that, folks, and they very well may. Now, I'm not going to count Sony out yet because they still have fantastic games like Ratchet and Clank. They have fantastic games like uh, Horizon 2 around the corner. They have whatever Naughty Dog works, and they have the best studio in the world, in my opinion, in Naughty Dog. Like, I'm not counting out PlayStation because those studios have unmatched games. Even though I didn't care about some of their games like Last of Us 2, I recognize the quality of that game as a masterpiece. I myself was not a fan of it, but I could see why others were. That Sony just has a top-notch first party studios they have. Even Insomniac Games of Ratchet is showing they're making their case that they're a top five in the world. But Microsoft's coming up hot. They have Game Pass. They have Bethesda, which is a big one, which gives them Arcane, which gives them they could pump out some Killer exclusives. You know, that gives them access to it as well. Creators of the Doom series, they can make Doom exclusive. Like they could really get a stranglehold here and make this a fight. So I give the winner there to Microsoft and Bethesda. I think they hit it out of the park. And like I said, for Game Pass, it's great. Halo Infinite looks good. I think that game desperately needed a delay. And I'm kind of glad it did. Yes, it sucks it wasn't a launch title, but new consoles, I know people are saying, what was the console seller? They're still facing console shortages right now. Console, new consoles kind of sell themselves like the first quarter of their release. You need to have games within the first year to two years of the cycle to start. That's where you hit the momentum. And I think Halo Infinite's coming at a great time where right before the holiday or right around the holiday time, people are going to want to buy a system to pair with it. They'll probably have more stock by then, hopefully. And they have Forza Horizon to pair with it. For those who do have the Xbox system, they do have Psychonauts in the summer. So, I'm incredibly excited for Microsoft. They have a good they have a good lineup. I got to respect them. And they have games coming around the corner too, like Redfall, which looks really good. That leaves Nintendo. Nintendo was all right. I was disappointed in Nintendo primarily because we did not get announcement of a Switch Pro. We know it's in development or strong rumors indicate it's in development but i really think nintendo needed one of two things this winter for holiday release they needed a killer title a triple a game or they needed a new hard or they needed new hardware and we got neither we got breath of the wild 2 was shown which i predicted but i predicted it would come out holiday this year giving nintendo its killer lineup and instead they just put 2022 no specific release date no q1 no fall 2022 indefinite i think this is having a troubled development folks i think it might it's still gonna end up being good because nintendo will not let this game be bad or a train wreck but the fact is this game is supposed to come out in the fall of 2020 and we still haven't had it yet this isn't all on covid covid has led to some games delay like elden ring and i'll get into those in a second psychonauts comes to mind too those games definitely got impacted by covid This is more than just COVID, folks. This is a two-year delay. This seems to have had trouble well before. Same with Metroid Prime 4. This seems to have trouble well before COVID. COVID probably amplified and didn't help it, but these games are having trouble developments, folks. I don't know what the hell is going on in Nintendo, but it would have been huge. Imagine if PlayStation and Xbox still continue to have shortages. If they still had shortages... With their systems, you got to get your kids something for Christmas, right? Nintendo has new hardware out. Switch Pro. In addition to that, they have a AAA game. Bam. Breath of the Wild 2. They would be killing it. I mean, I know they're already selling like gangbusters, but they would be killing it this year if they did that. Even if they had just the Switch Pro, I think that would have made a huge impact this holiday. And we still might get a Switch Pro this year. I'm getting ahead of myself. We know we won't get Breath of the Wild 2 this this year. That's confirmed. But I really think Nintendo had a chance to do it, and instead they got Egg on their face. And yeah, there's nice little titles, and I like little games. Believe me, I like these little titles. They help break up the year. I don't want just AAA games, but man, we really need a Breath of the Wild 2 this year more than anything. And yes, there's nice titles. Mario Party Superstars, October this year. Vance Wars Reboot Camp, which is a remaster of 1 and 2 as a collection. It's a nice title. Warrior Wear, we're getting this October. Nice. Metroid Dread, which is a side-scrolling Metroid Prime uh, with the October 8th release date. That looks like a solid game. None of these games had me drooling, though. None of these games are like, man, these are top. Like, I don't see these games being, I see them being nice distractions. And yes, in a week from now, we're going to have Mario Golf. I think that'll be a fun adventure. And Mario Party Superstars, like I said, will be a fun multiplayer. But none of these games are like, man, these are game of the year contenders. Man, Metroid might surprise. But because that looks like a Metroid Fusion. Like, I get Metroid Fusion vibes from this game. But None of this is exciting to me. We got DLC. We got an extra Smash Fighter from Tekken. We got, you know, I just, none of this blew me away for Nintendo. You know, we got a couple more ports coming over. It's like, we desperately needed something from Nintendo and maybe Mario plus Rabbids will be it. You know what I mean? Like, cause that game does look fantastic. That might be their AAA game this year, but I believe that's 2022 as well. So Nintendo ultimately, did did they, was their E3 awful? No, it's just, I think fans were expecting them to match Xbox and Microsoft clearly won, in my opinion. Microsoft completely stepped on their throat. We're going to see how Sony responds in July, but they got got a little bit to do. Horizon 2, I have a sinking feeling is supposed to come out this year. I have a sinking feeling Horizon 2 ain't going to come out this year, folks. I really have a bad feeling but this is sony wasn't at the c3 we're not going to talk about sony so we're getting into now two categories games that i was impressed by and games that i was disappointed by that just looked eh, one way or the other games that impressed me obviously starting it off with the bang It was on the Summers Games panel. Closed out the show by Jeff Keighley was Elden Ring, which I predicted. I was off a couple months on the release date, but I did say Q1 2022, which is when we're getting it. I am so excited for this game. I do think this game will come out. It might suffer a slight delay. It's supposed to come out, I think, January 22nd or end of January. That might get pushed into February, maybe even March, but I'm fine with it. This game looks fantastic. Yes, it looks like a Souls game. But the writing's going to have George R.R. R. Martin. They've already confirmed it's going to be more direct of a story, which Sekiro was as well, to be fair. But I'm excited for the descriptions. I'm excited for that open world. Looks fantastic. It won't be the same as Dark Souls, folks. Now, it still might have a difficulty spike. I don't know. I haven't. I'm not until I get my hands on and play it. I won't know. But the game does look like Souls. But open world. The game world looks intriguing. The combat looks great. Like, I am excited for this game. This is one of my most anticipated games, and I am so glad that this game exists because there are other games that we have not heard peep about, and for that, for this to get a trailer finally and a release date, I'm excited. I would have been very nervous if we didn't hear Elden Ring at all at the C3 because then it would be a pooper get off the pot, or the, I would be concerned this game is another game that's in development cycle or development hell, I mean. So I am very impressed with Elden Ring. I cannot wait for that game to come out. I think that is a game of the year contender. I'm calling it right now. I would have liked to have seen it come out this year. I think this game was supposed to come out fall this year. I will say this was COVID. And you know what? I'm fine with it. And if people say, well, Jeff, you're you're cutting this game a pass, but not Breath of the Wild. Well, Breath of the Wild was supposed to come out two years ago. Elden Ring, when it was shown two years ago, was never given a release date. It was just shown in a trailer. I think the game suffered from being shown too soon. And at least they didn't slap a date on it. They just said Elden Ring. Now they're putting their money where their mouth is. But I'm always a fan of that. Starfield had that too. I'm cutting them a little bit of a pass because yeah, they showed trailer, but they didn't show release dates for, Eld- for Elden Ring. Same w- or not Elden Ring for Starfield. Same thing with Elder Scrolls Six. I cut those gains more of a pass because they're probably shown earlier than they want to, but they're afraid of it getting leaked and Elden Ring was starting to have leaks already, and they're like, okay, well, you just got to show this. We got to show some of this gameplay because people are starting to see the leaks. So kudos to them. That comes out January this year. Another game which I briefly hinted at in the Nintendo review was Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. The first Mario game was surprisingly good, had a little bit of an XCOM feel to it, I never beat it, in all honesty, but I played about halfway through it. I was really intrigued. I rented it. It's always on sale. I should go back and just get it. It's always on sale. The Nintendo has an sh- uh, eShop sale going on right now for a lot of their titles. It's usually on sale for under 20 bucks. It's like I should just pick it up and beat it, but I am excited for this game. I do think it looks really intense. It looks like an uh, expansion upon it. They're mixing in some of the Lumas now, Lumas with the Rabbids, added abilities. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great title. Another title that I was not expecting to have in this list was Rainbow Six Extraction. That is coming out this year. It is set for release on September uh, 16th of this year. I like it. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, I think, was a fun multiplayer game. I played it on PC the first month of its release, and then I kind of moved on. Some people are still playing that to this day. Obviously, it's got its cult following. I like the idea of it. I was a fan of the Rainbow Six games going back to PS2. I've read the book Rainbow Six by Tom Clancy. It was one of my favorite books from him. So I'm a huge fan of the series, and I like that they're making a scientific uh, or science fiction twist to it. I'd like to see a little bit more. I know they showed some stuff off. I would have liked to seen a little bit more of the gameplay, but I'm excited for it. It is coming out this year. I don't know if they announced the beta or not. I would be stunned if we didn't get one because it's Ubisoft. We probably will in the summer sometime. But I'm I'm excited for this game, believe it or not. And I I, you know, I wasn't necessarily ready for this one. I thought it was going to be more of like Siege, which is fine. It has its own niche, but I prefer to leave Siege alone and keep building upon that. And this is going to be definitely an open world focused game, it looks like. Or at least not open world, but a cooperative focused game as well, but more single player focused. Um, so I'm excited for it now. Of course, we got into the games that impressed. Now we're going to get into the games that disappointed. Um, and they're not necessarily disappointed, but either I had expectations high or they just don't look appealing to me. And there's only three titles in this as well because I don't want to be too much of a Debbie Downer tonight. But no Switch Pro, and that's not games that disappointed, but I'm just still bummed about that. I think this is the perfect event to show that, even a glimpse. Didn't even have to be a price point or any of that. I think they're going to have their own event for it, honestly. That's what they're heading towards. This direct was about the games. They're now going to show the Switch Pro. It's interesting to see at Breath of the Wild 2. While it does look good, it'd be interesting to see if that was actually Switch gameplay or if that was Switch Pro gameplay. We won't know, but I'm still disappointed by that. The Switch Pro, not Breath of the Wild 2. Breath of the Wild 2 does look fine. Um, Once again, I think that game is a development cycle issue, but I already mentioned that earlier in the podcast. So games that disappointed avatar. I know it looks fine. I'm not a huge avatar fan to begin with. I'll admit that firsthand, but it's supposed to be a first person adventure. And I don't know. It just doesn't look, it looks okay. Like I wasn't blown away. Like, Oh my God. Like, Where Avatar had going for it was the movie. Anyway, Avatar was, it was a 3d spectacle. It really brought people into the theaters. It wowed you with the visuals, even if the story was ho-hum and average. This one, I'm sure it might be fine. It looks like it's early in its cycle, but I'm like, eh, it doesn't blow me away. I'd like to see more action, more set pieces, more, you know, Just more everything. But we might get that later on. This might have just been a quick reveal to get it out so nobody spoiled it or leaked it. And then we're going to see more. So for right now, though, I'm standing in my opinion where I'm like, eh. Guardians of the Galaxy is the next game that disappointed me. Made by Eidos Montreal, a.k.a. the same studio that worked on Deus Ex. This was shown at Square Enix's press conference. And I'm not going to lie. I was eh on it. The story looks fine. The writing looks funny. I like the interaction between the characters, but the game was chugging. The game was not 60 frames at all, and there were times where it was struggling the whole 30. The game was... And it's supposed to come out this year. I would not be surprised if that game got pushed to 2022, folks, because that does not look ready. Maybe it was captured on an Xbox One and a PS4, but if that's PS5 and Xbox Series X, not having this game at least run at 30 consistent at this day and age folks is unacceptable it should be 30 frames 4k ray tracing or 60 frames or both options like what ratchet and clank was doing and devil may cry and other titles 60 frames should be the standard this is 2021 the fact that we still can't hit 60 frames is unacceptable and the gameplay looks ho-hum. It's like the shooting looks okay. It's calling out commands to fight people, but it's like instead of you know swapping control to all four of them, it's not a multiplayer game. They've stressed that. It's single player. You make decisions. I like the decisions. I like the dialogue options. Like I said, I like the story and the environments are cool, but it, I get Avengers vibes from this. And I don't mean like Avenger vibes of like the same type of game like Destiny Shooter. I'm like talking like, it looks like it's going to disappoint. Looks like a 6 out of ten, seven out of 10 game, which is fine. I think that's a good rental popcorn game. You know, you get drunk with buddies, drink or drink shitloads of Mountain Dew, and you lock yourself in at a Blockbuster for a weekend and play it. That's what this game seems like to me. But I'm not impressed with the gameplay. The story was good. The writing seems good. But the game does not look optimized well at all. I'm hoping they patch that up. I'm hoping this was an alpha build and they stress later on that that was early development that the game is much further along now. And they just took a demo from three months ago because they didn't want to redo another one or create another one, which I get developers do that, but I want to see some frame rate improvements. I don't want to see a chug every time he shoots his gun. My God. But so that was like a quick update of E3. So overall, I would say it was an okay E3. I'm worried about the future of it. It wasn't bad. I think Microsoft carried it in Bethesda. Without them, this would have been a complete whale fart of an E3. Even with Elden Ring, I'd be like, okay, well, they could just put that on its own. Um, and it's not a kudos to the presentation team of Greg Miller and all of them. I think they did a fine job announcing and everything, and Jeff Keighley with the summer of games. But... At this point, it's almost like a people, I think we're just veering towards everyone having their own directs and that's it. I think that's where the future of the industry is heading. 2021 is shaping up to be a lot of decent games that probably you wouldn't play. I know Adam Sessler mentioned on his podcast or YouTube video on X play. And I think he's right. This, the bright side is this is the, this year will let you or force you to play games like psychonauts to force you to play games like, um, Warrior, wear, like you know, those titles which otherwise might have been glossed over if we had a buttload of AAA titles. If Elden Ring did make it to this year, Breath of the Wild two did come out this year. These are titles that might have been glossed over, but I think this year's shaping up to be eh, and 2022 shaping up to be something truly special. I'm hoping Horizon two comes out by the way <laughs> this year. That's my last mention of Sony plugin. I miss Sony at the C three. Once again, thank you to everyone for listening. This is a shorter podcast later this week. I will be having an episode with Garrett. We are going to do Sly three honor among thieves as our retro review. In addition, Loki comes out tomorrow on Disney plus Kevin and Phil will be joining me as we discuss episode two this weekend. And then next week it will be a normal week. I'll get back to talking football on Tuesdays and then Thursday, I plan to do Ratchet and Clank a Rift Apart review. Thank you to everyone for listening. Remember, you can like it doesn't take much to leave a review, literally just click stars. Even if it's a 3-star and you say I don't like the sound of his voice, that helps me. Any type of review you can leave on Apple Podcasts helps me. You can also follow us at the Geeks Who Watch Football Facebook page. I'm trying to post more stuff there like polls and updates. The update poll is in by the way of what remaster I will be playing after I am done with Sly Cooper series with Garrett. We will be doing Mass Effect. I don't know if Garrett will join me for that one or not. I don't know if I'll force him to play through that. I'll have somebody with me, though. I haven't decided who yet. Volunteers, feel free to post on the Facebook page if you want to play along with me and talk about it on the podcast with me. So Mass Effect will be the next game I do after the Sly Cooper series is done. In addition, you can tweet at me. I am at MadTitan1018 on Twitter. Thank you, everyone, for once again for joining And I hope you guys have a good one and I'll see you later this week.